All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Cast to Chris Podcast. Uh, tonight, we have a very special guest. We have two guests. It's a double feature tonight. Uh, George will be joining us sometime later tonight. Um, but we have uh, Madeline Holly Rosing, um, who has Boston Metaphysical Society Mystery at Pikes Peak, issues one and number two. And then right after that, we have Chad Perkins. He's going to be talking about Sparkle Dog. So we got a lot going on tonight. But first, before we begin, um, a word from our sponsor. Story Comic is a podcast that focuses on people behind the words. The host, Bonnie Smith, interviews comic creators of all types and their works and tell stories about comics, comic-based stories, and all other forms of pro storytelling. We've been streaming our show online since late 2019, and it's been amazing to see how many people around the world have come to appreciate the value of hearing stories from people who are just as passionate about their work as we are. So if you're a comic creator yourself and you know someone who is, or you just want to hear about how your favorite comic book or comic book uh, is made, come and check us out. Story Comic, Barney Smith. Check it out. Storycomic.com, official sponsor of Cash the Craze. Thank you so much. And now, without further ado, let's get this party started. For independence all around, giving you a platform to spread your word all over town. Cast the craze is the place to promote to your fans with the dream of Medina and Sam the Crazy Man. Subscribe to our show and never miss an episode. It's time to get your man to listen to us on the go. Updated and weekly, never miss a day. Join the squad, come on in. It's time to cast the craze. If you are an independent, cast the craze. Making moves on your own, cast the craze. On your grind in the streets, cast the craze. Join the movement, catch the craze! Yeah, George, we did it again. Come on now, now you want to do it. Catch the craze. Welcome to Catch the Crazy Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Seb, the crazy man, Vera. And George, the Jimmy Wardina, will be joining us very shortly. Um, but until then, we have a very special guest, like I said early on, uh, Boston Metaphysical Society Mystery at Pikes Peak 1 and 2 on Kickstarter, on fire. You can't stop this. The fire department can't do nothing to stop this. So we're going to get this party started. We have her in the waiting room. She's ready, sipping her coffee, ready to get this party going. Let's go. What's Hi. up? Hi. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, anytime. Welcome back. I mean, I mean, you're, you're killing it just as always. Um, um, you seem to have this magic streak going on. But before we talk about your campaign, what have you been doing since the last time we've spoken? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> a lot. I <clears throat> I don't know if you know, but I have also uh, wrote a, um, a series for Lady Mechanica. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I turned it was four issue miniseries. It was originally going to be three, but they said let's make it four, and I said okay. Um, so yeah, I turned that in a little while ago, and uh, Joe is doing the art uh, on issue one. Um, I don't think he's finished yet, but uh, so yeah, that was pretty exciting. Um, Joe and Marsha are great to work with. They're just wonder wonderful people, and really enjoyed that. 
Um, what else? Uh, besides just trying to stay sane and, you know, prepping for this Kickstarter and getting that um, uh, all written. And we do have uh, issue one already in the can, so to speak. And Elizabeth is working on issue two. So we are we are moving along. Oh, that's fantastic. So the, this, this new project that you 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 got going, um, how did that come about? Um, well, at the end of our last one shot, the, the Book of Demons, I kind of left it open ended that, well, the the team needed to uh, uh, sort of get the hell out of Dodge. They needed to get out of Boston because uh, otherwise Caitlin and Alma were going to be arrested for sedition and uh, forming unions. And so, well, Tesla owed Granville a favor, a really big favor. So they got on an airship and headed out to Colorado Springs. Wow. <laughs> and what's wait, what, what, why Colorado Springs? Uh, during, in the actual history, during roughly that same time period, Tesla was, did have an experimental station out there and he was working on wireless technology and uh, a, a number of other things. And so it was nice to be able to, you know, kind of mesh the fictional with the, with real historical and, and, and get them out there. But also it was great to get them off the East coast because it, it brought the team outside of their comfort zone and me as well. Cause I was very used to writing, you know, East coast right. and bringing them out West where they're introduced to uh, a way of life they they'd never seen before and also uh, other politics of the great houses and readers get introduced to uh, other aspects of, uh, of well, what I call the great States of America right. uh, that, you know, you don't see when you're just on, on the East coast. So in uh, bringing in a new character, Mai Wee Chow, who's from the great house Chow from California so one, one of the things I do do differently from American history is, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but many, many years ago, we had the Chinese Exclusionary Act, which basically we bring the men in to do, you know, the menial labor, but wouldn't allow right. their families. Right. Well, I decided, well, what if that never happened? What would California look like? What would the power structure of California look like? And so we get hints of that in in this story right because they also worked on the railways yes they they worked on the railways uh, that's one of the reasons we have railways is because right. of the, the, the chinese workers um they worked in the mines um and so you know it took uh i've forgotten i forgot the name of it but off the coast of california is essentially uh the west coast version of ellis island i'm mm -hmm. i'm tired so the name like kind of <laughs> escapes me and that's where a, a lot of Chinese were held for a long time before being allowed into the United States. Right. Wow. So what I find fascinating is that uh, your passion for history, right? So what was it about Tesla and what was it about uh, history that really inspires your creativity? What is it about it? Well, it's not so much Tesla. Tesla is just a, a part of right. the history. Um I chose the late 1800s specifically because the whole world, uh, and particularly the United States, was going through 
social change, um, cultural change, technological change, all at the same time. So there's a lot of upheaval going on. And for a writer, that's great because it's organic conflict. Right. Because all this new stuff is going on. Uh, the Boston Metaphysical Universe is, is very hierarchical and class oriented. And, and so, you know, you have people who are trying to move from class to class and, you know, you have the banging of heads you know, when, right. when, when that happens, uh, when certain people think, you know, other people don't know their place. And, and so, plus all the new technology that was coming on and uh, how we adjust as a society and culture to that. You know, it's fascinating. Yeah. Listening to you that in what a couple of decades from now, someone might be looking back at this point, this period of time and can say the same thing. Right. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> the last decade. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm old enough to like, remember using typewriters and whiteout. <laughs> so, <am> um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and word processors where mm -hmm. I could type faster than it could, you know, show up on the screen. Right. And you know, life before the internet uh which you know really is what the past decade yeah that absolutely. it's really become integral to our lives so i mean we have generations now who've never known anything but you know having a phone that was a mini computer yeah you know, your we, phone's a computer we grew up watching it on star trek and now and they, these guys are living it <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely i i don't know if this for a fact, but I have a feeling like when the first cell phones came out, I think whoever was designing them wanted them the size of a communicator from Star Trek with the little right. phone thingy. Yes, yes. And and then of course we moved. We did get that, obviously, and then we moved and they got bigger and smaller. And then now we have some still have you know the flip thing is sort of become fashion again, and right. which is which is great. I mean, you should be able to have it in any size and shape you want. <laughs> Right. But it also seems like, I mean, like you said, it, it, everything happens in waves. Right. And it's almost like yeah. history repeats itself just at a different scale. Like, you know, back then when you talk about the social change and, 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 and technological technological changes, that's what's happening now. Uh, technology yeah. is, 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 is basically at a crossroads because there's this, there's, there's this movement, even just identity crisis, right? So society is going through an identity crisis, all these things. So think about the future use looking back at this point, being inspired to write, you know what I mean? Uh, down the road. So I just think it's fascinating that there's always, there's always a story to tell. Oh yeah, ab absolutely. And I, I think the change is it happens, I think much more rapidly now than it did then just because right. communication is much more rapid the ability to to move to travel has is much more rapid so change comes out very very quickly um you you have to you know live in a fairly remote place now to to not be on the grid <laughs> right yeah, yeah exactly exactly and i don't think there's any place to hide unless you're in a cave somewhere um you know yeah it's it would be it would be tough it would be yeah it would be tough right so so speaking of change, what kind of changes are happening in uh, your story and how is that evolving? Well, the, the, the characters are evolving, of course. Um, Caitlin, ever since the original six issue miniseries and, and her fight with the shifter, that changed her psychic abilities. And over the last 
the, the four sequels, you begin to see how this has affected her, which of course affects everyone around her. And, um, you know, I brought in a new team member, Alma Bryant in Spirit of Rebellion. And, uh, you know, she and I, I don't want to bring up too many spoilers, yeah. you know, <laughs> the dynamics of certain relationships have changed over, over the issues. And, uh, you know, that, that's really one I want to focus on is those changing relationships due to, to, due to external forces. Right. Right. So the, the people who backed the, first, the the previous campaign, what, what will, what do you think they'll be excited about with this campaign? What, what would they be looking forward to? Anything that you can um, give them without giving them too much? Well, first, I think they're going to be thrilled with the art. Uh, I have a brand new team on board. Uh, Elizabeth McKenzie is doing the interior art. Katie Brown is doing the coloring. Uh, I brought on Angela Wu to do the, uh, the four main covers. And I'm doing variants for the first time. Uh, oh. And I brought on Rio Burton and Steph C, which they just did an amazing job. And we do have a couple metal variants left, so you better snap those. <laughs> you better snap those quick. Yeah, snap I mean, I, I absolutely love the, the the scene where she's standing in the middle uh, of this, I guess, snowfall, and there's there's like this frost, and you have the mountains the in the electricity background. Electricity going yes, around. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's Rio's uh, variant, and she did an outstanding job. Um, I didn't realize at the time when uh, when I reached out to Rio that she lives in Colorado, so that kind of totally fit. Um, and you know, with the lightning going on all around her, that's that's actually uh, indicative of what's going to what's going to affect her. Right. And it's it's kind of fun to see. Uh, there's going to be secrets that the reader will will get quickly that the characters won't right then there's another mystery that neither one of you will know <laughs> till, till the end right right um, it it's 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 fun because i'm 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 beginning to, to tie in some of the other things like i there's like hints from uh the audio drama the ghost ship i did and you know references to that and references to a short story uh, that I did call the underground, uh, which is part of anthology. And, and you actually, later on, I have that available as an add on, um, you know, on backer kit, but, uh, it's like what I usually do is it's, everything is a standalone, right. but if you read the other material, it's, uh, it just enriches everything okay. that, you, that you read. It, it, it just adds to it. And, and and makes it even a more fulfilling experience. Nice. Now I'm looking at this cover here. Um, yes, that's uh, Angela Wu. That's yes. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, just the 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 way the clothing falls. You can see the you know the, the you can tell the way she captured the look of the clothing from that period. It really takes you into that world. Yeah, I really enjoyed working with Angela. Um, unlike uh, previously with, with, with other cover, cover artists, I was pretty much, I, this is what I want. And, you know, I would describe exactly what I wanted 
And this time what I did was I gave broad strokes to the artist and Angela read everything because I, I send everything to them so they can read it through and to get ideas. Right. And, and it was really a joy to, to work through stuff with Angela and, uh, you know, and eventually come to a meet, meeting of the mind. So uh, that, that was really nice. I, I enjoyed that collaborative effort. And of course, you know, this is, I mean, that's beautiful for um, issue two. And it makes, if once you read it, it actually makes complete sense. But right. <laughs> so tell me about this one that we're looking at right now. Uh, that's for issue two. And of course, Caitlin being a, a psychic, she has visions. So we're seeing ghostly mechanical hands. And that's another thing. I don't want to give away too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I, I think uh, so. Talk about direction, right? So for mm -hmm. the for the cover, um, what kind of direction did you give to capture this look? Well, she actually did a couple versions of two. And the first one, I mean, because, you know, I, I so appreciated the fact that she read everything because she says, right. you know, she goes, oh, it has, you know, this class conflict and all this other stuff. And I'm trying to get this sense of, of all this. and But it was a little too much. Right. And then she had one where it was uh that was kind of like the, the prototype of the one you're looking at right. and i said well why don't we just focus the, the well the broad strokes is that each issue since i'm doing four issues is going to somewhat focus on each of the four main characters and so this is caitlin clearly um but then she had some ghostly hands. I said, why don't we just focus on Caitlin and the ghostly hands? And so we went through a couple renditions of this until, and I, and then she, she gave me a rough of this and I went like that, <laughs> do that. That's perfect. That's great. And, and so here we are. And then she had done some, Oh, she didn't have both eyes. She was missing the the left eye. Right. And in Asian culture, she tried to explain it to me, had something about the the inner eye in in Asian culture had a, a certain meaning. Right. And I said, <clears throat> that's going to just go over the heads of most people. Most people right. aren't going to understand that. So let's have both her eyes. And she did have a pixelation over the entire thing. And I said, let, let me see it without the pixelation. And so she just kept it over one eye. And I said, keep, yeah, keep that. So if you look closely, there's, there's like a, a pixelation over one eye, which I, I think is an, an homage to what she was trying to do. Wow. And um, so, like I said, there was a lot of discussion back and forth, but I, I loved like she, how she puts texture and, emotion and yeah she did a great job and this is elizabeth and katie's work um the first three pages of issue one now it looks like it's colored over pencil um is that what i'm seeing or no it's it's, it's color over pencil and ink oh cool nice oh yeah no it's inked yeah okay. and there they are arriving in colorado springs Colorado Springs. I would go. I go There's to Colorado. It's much more fun to, to go by airship. 
<laughs> yeah, and I've never been on one of those. Have you? No, I haven't. Yes, yeah, I, I don't know if I uh, I feel safe on one of those things, but uh, that's just me. <laughs> I think they're pretty safe. Yeah, but I mean, Evie, I mean, the look. I mean, when I look when I look at the pages, it reminds me of um, was it uh, Murder on the Orient Express? You know that. You yeah, know? a little bit. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. Right? Which is which is okay. Yeah. Which is okay. I mean, she. She really captured the the feel of the time period and and the characters and um you know this is an ongoing series so so part of it is the you know she's picking up the mantle right um, of another artist and you know once obviously I want her creativity in it but we also have to know it's it's the team right yes <laughs> which we do right so that's that's but that's pretty interesting too so um. How long did it take you to secure the the, the replacement for the previous artist? Um, it took a while. Uh, I had reached out to a number of artists after I had gone through, I don't know how many portfolios. I really, I go through portfolios a lot, but I have to say that I kept coming back to Elizabeth and like, well, maybe. And then I talked to somebody else and then they weren't available to like 2024. And I said, no, that's not going to work. Right. And I kept going back and forth. And I said, you know, let me just reach out to her and have a conversation. And she was available and and it were it worked out beautifully. It was good that I kept coming back to her and right. And you know, I need to remember that. If I keep coming back to someone's like, you know Yeah, trust your instincts. Yeah, because I couldn't even tell you what it is I'm looking for. Right when I'm looking through portfolio, but I'm just kind of get a sense, can they capture Boston metaphysical? Right. Right. You know, they, I, I went through a, a number of artists who were just fabulous, but they just, from what I saw, wouldn't capture this. Right. And, uh, and so, yeah, I was very happy with Elizabeth and, and the whole team. They're doing a great job. So talk about the variants. What 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 was the trigger that sparked the the interest in wanting to do variants? Because you know, because some people are on the fence about variants, some people don't want to do it, some people do too many. What what made you decide to go with variants? Um, it it was it was primarily a business decision, mm -hmm. but yet since I hadn't done variants before, I wanted to start small. Right. So I said, let's just do one for issue one and one for issue two. Let's see how people respond um, and and go from there. Because I have had people ask me, are you going to do variants? Is Are there going to be any variants? And so uh, there are people who who love variants and uh, and clearly they love these. So I'm I'm good choice on my part. <laughs> right. I mean, absolutely. I absolutely love this cover on the novel. Oh um, yeah, that's uh, Louisa Pressler did that. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, a few years ago, yes, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I mean the lighting, the the colors. I mean the 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 mood. I mean everything just works. Yeah, from what she told me, she actually took photographs of uh, her hand wearing a glove ah. with something in it, so she could, and then she looks at it and she puts it in different lighting and shading and. So yeah, you can tell she knows her stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was watching Alex Ross. Um, um, uh, his process is, is similar. He uses a lot of models and lighting and camera angles when he's painting his uh, covers for for DC Comics and 
um that's pretty sweet even this cover right here is, i mean look it's beautiful yeah i uh that's um prelude's been out before this is the second edition mm -hmm. um i went in and i re-edited and it's reformatted and uh the old the first cover was fine when it came out but as all the other covers got better and better it failed <laughs> in comparison to to them and uh i actually hired a, a, a studio to do this oh, wow. and gave them instructions and uh, they did a, a fantastic job so so we've also had that discussion on the show where you know um going back and revising some one of your projects what was yeah. the what what why did you feel that you needed to go back and and revise it oh well like any writer <laughs> you want to go back and many of those stories i had written quite a while ago and they needed to be updated for <clears throat> changes I had made later. Right. Um, oh my God, you know, punctuation, grammar errors. I mean, you're, it, it doesn't matter. You will always find something no matter what, right. no matter how fine tooth you go through them. But I wanted to give the, all those stories, you know, uh, several more passes and, and clean them up from the, the years past. Uh, and and like I said, the cover, the cover just didn't, was not up to snuff anymore with everything right. else. So it was time. Nice. Nice. So what is the ultimate, um, where you said this is a series, how, how, how far in advance have you written the story? Um, oh, it's done. Yeah, it's done. It's, it's a four issue mini series. And, uh, no, I made sure it was, I think it was, it was done pretty much when, uh, Elizabeth, started and then i go in and as art comes in i i rewrite dialogue um depending on the art and the layout and things like that because i don't like covering up beautiful art right <laughs> <laughs> yes and, and as an artist that i'm sure that they, they appreciate that about you right um so you have the four issues um, um I'm, I'm assuming that um you're gonna do the other the following um issues on on crowdfunding are you going to do a collected edition as well um graphic novel yeah the a trade yes eventually okay eventually yeah eventually okay. i'm i'm not sure when um right. my hope is to run a kickstarter in the fall for issues 3 and 4 to you know so people get a complete story in one year which would be right. really nice uh but it really depends on how far elizabeth is okay uh, cuz i want 3 to be done and we end to 4 before i launch that Right. Just because I don't like people to wait too right. long. Right. Um, but yeah, if for some reason that's not going to happen, you know, she's not going to be because I like to launch no later than like October 15th ish because I don't want to run over into the holidays. Yeah. Smart. So if if it's not where I'm comfortable where it is, then I'll push it off till early next year. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, it really it depends on the timing, and uh, that's that's my hope anyway. Right. So now, have you done any book signings? Are you do you have any plans this year? Oh, um, any place people will be able to meet you in person if they wanted to get a signed copy directly from you? Like, what are your venues, or and where can they get the books outside of crowdfunding once the campaign? Um, well, hopefully these will be in by San Diego Comic Con. 
cross fingers so I can start shipping um, then. Uh, if, if they are, then I will have it San Diego. Then if not San Diego, I will be uh, at Baltimore Comic-Con in September. Uh, also Rose City. And I'm waiting to hear about New York. Um, I'm trying to think is when that I have to look at my schedule. Yeah, that's for when they will be ready. Yeah, it would be Baltimore and Rose City. Uh, but of course, it'll once it goes out to Kickstarter backers, it'll be available on my web store. Nice. So, so uh, 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 as a total, how many venues are or conventions you're doing this year? Uh, let's see. I just finished WonderCon. Nice. Uh, I'm doing Clockwork Alchemy, which is a small uh, steampunk convention in San Mateo, California, uh, April 7th through 9th. Then for those who are local to Southern California, I'm at uh, Anacon, which is April 15th at the Anaheim Central Library, which is free, by the way. So and there's going to be a lot of amazing creators there. Uh, I'll be in Phoenix in June, Phoenix Fan Fusion, Fan Expo Denver, then San Diego, Baltimore, and then Rose City. And Fan then Expo Denver, that's, isn't that August? That is, no, uh, June 30th through July 2nd. Oh, okay. Okay. No, there's a Denver Comic Con in August, I believe. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there was something I forgot because I was looking at, um, I was talking to my in-laws about, um, uh, my mother-in-law about heading over there for a convention in August. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know because I know there was Denver Pop Culture, which got bought out by Fan Expo Denver. Fan Expo buys everything. Yes, <laughs> they're doing what Wizard World did. Um, yeah, yes, that's pretty awesome. So, is this your first appearance at San Diego? Or have you done it before? Oh, yeah, this will probably be our eighth or ninth year. Oh, wow, fantastic! San Diego, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, we'll be in small press, probably row L because they always put us in row L at small press, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. I'm very right. happy that, right? And so, what's the reception like uh, at the venues for you? Um, it's good. Uh, you know, we're different. Yes. Uh, we're, we're not, we're not the usual, um, you know, what did I say? TNA. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, yes. That, you, that you see. Um, I mean, I'm fully aware we're, we're a niche within a niche genre. So, right. you know, it, it's not for everyone and, and that's fine. Uh, but yeah, if you like, something a little different, you know, alternate history with, you know, a steampunk vibe to it and the paranormal, then yeah, Boston metaphysical will, will probably be up your alley. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, and your, your crowdfunding continues to be successful. Um, and um, what's the, what's based on, what are you, uh, you, you're planning on launching in August. How much lead time do you use before you launch a campaign? Oh, I wouldn't launch till October. But yeah, but when do you like when? Oh, how much lead, lead time? Um, yeah. I guess it d depends on where we're at in production. Right. Um, often, if it's a new series like this, I, this was like a year ahead of time. Right. And. Um, and it's not like I'm full thing on Kickstarter. It's it's like getting little things done, uh, heading up to it, making sure updates, uh, people know about that it's coming, 
if there's any little snippets of art to show. And then about six weeks out, I start uh, reaching out to people like you <laughs> to get on the show. So, right. you know, you've got room for me. Um, I know you have schedules too. Yeah. yeah but, but, you know, you, you're always welcome on the show. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so now this book is done. You also have that other project that uh, that uh, you worked on. Is that is, is that completely written as well? Uh, the Lady Mechanica? Yeah. Yes, yes, that is written. That is, uh, well, the first drafts are handed in. And what uh, Joe does is he does the art and he does whatever Joe wants to do, <laughs> Joe, right. which is great. And then it comes back to me to flesh out any dialogue because he's, the way they like it written is more like a, a screenplay format, not right. a comic book format. So right. he does his own paneling. So I'll need to go in and and revise dialogue and and add and do whatever I need to do to finish it up. So uh, basically, like the first layer is done, but I have to wait for him to finish to go in and do the final layer. Right. So now, how did that partnership um, come about? Uh, sort of kind of by accident, I think, um, someone had posted, I don't even remember who on Facebook mm -hmm. about, Hey, uh, they knew some people who were interested in writers and they, they weren't saying who, but you know, just list your stuff. So, Oh, what the hell I'll throw it up here. And I think Marsha saw me listed there. And she probably went and looked, knew who I was, found out who I was, and and emailed me, and said, "Would you be interested?" And of course, the answer would be yes. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and so I said, "Why don't we do this? Why don't I send me all of your stuff so I can read it?" And no, I hadn't read Lady Mechanica and before, and that was very specific because when right. I was first starting out, I didn't want it to influence my story. Right. But we were so deep. There was no way that could happen anymore. Right. So I read through everything um, and came up with three ideas for them. And I said, here, here's three ideas. Tell me what you like, don't like, whatever. And they said, we like all three, but we like this one. It's called the Secret Garden in particular. And I'm going like, are you sure you don't like this one better? They said, no, 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 no. We <laughs> and... And so I, and so we started talking of how this was going to work and, you know, contracts were signed and um, we were off to the races. So we went through many, you know, an, an initial outline and flushing out and reorganizing and treatments and lots and lots of layers until we got to the final outline. And then I started writing. Wow. So, so what was the time period for, the, for that process? From start to from the treatment to the drafts, first drafts that were delivered to him. Uh, probably a little over a year, just because they were busy with other stuff. Right. And, um, you know, I was on their timeline, right. so it was like whenever they could get notes back to me, they got notes back to me, and then, and, uh, so yeah, so it did take a while, and then I I finished all four scripts a lot more quickly than they thought I would. <laughs> because <laughs> i just didn't want to lose my train of thought i said right. i need to get all this done so everything you know everything works right i don't want to forget what i wrote over here and get over here and like oh what did i write there? right right 
it was just more seamless this way. And then I'd be asking him notes like, does he want this? This has he decided what kind of evil thing he wants here? And she goes like, no, he hasn't. But, you know, just go ahead and write. I'm like, OK, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So so, so now. So what are you doing? You have two projects in the can. Right. They're, they're done. What are you doing in the meantime? Are you working on anything now? Are you writing your next novel? What's going on now? Well, right now I've got to finish this Kickstarter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, one thing at a time, buddy. <laughs> one thing at a time. Yeah. I did WonderCon over this weekend too. So that was exhausting. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I wanted to finish this and well, obviously this is still in production and you know, things I have to mind the store of keeping backers updated and, right. you know, getting this done and proofing and getting it to the printer and ordering pins and bookmarks and, and stuff for the backers. <clears throat> but what I am hoping is to go back to, uh, I may have mentioned that I had started a, uh, a novel trilogy uh -huh. based on, uh, I call it the house wars, mm -hmm. but it's loosely based on the American civil war, but in the Boston metaphysical universe. And yeah. I've written the first novel and, but I need to write the next two. So I would really like to be able to go back and start working on that again. And nice. that will be time consuming just because I know I have to go back and reread the first novel. Cause it's been so long. I've been, I've been away from it for so long doing all this other stuff that, but um, but yeah, and then thinking about, I kind I do know where then after Pike's Peak is done, I do have a, how do I put this, um, an idea of where this is going and, and I need to do some research and reading on that, uh, before I start hammering that outline out. Fantastic. So now we're at this stage where I'm going to give you the camera and you're going to deliver your elevator pitch and let everybody know why they need to come back or if they've never heard of it, why they should back it. So uh, let's, let's get you going. Let's remove myself solo. They, they, they changed this up for, for a minute. I want to give you the, Oh, here it is. I'm giving you the camera. There you go. Okay. Hi, this is Madeline Holly Rosing, the writer creator of Boston Metaphysical Society. And if you're not familiar with the story, it's about an ex-Pinkerton detective, a spirit photographer, and a genius scientist who battles supernatural forces in late 1800s Boston. We currently have a Kickstarter um, called Mystery at Pikes Peak for the first two issues of a four-issue series that is on Kickstarter. Uh, it ends on the morning of Friday, March 31st. Uh, so that's 11 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Uh, so don't forget that. Uh, please come and pledge. We uh, have already made five stretch goals. So there's lots of goodies to go around for everyone, um, whether you pledge to a digital or a physical package. And uh, But if nothing else, just go and get to the page and enjoy the fabulous art because the team has really knocked it out of the park this time. Fantastic. And that while you were talking, you got another backer. Um, so, uh, yeah, fantastic. Thank you, whoever you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, again, as always, I mean, your, your work is stellar. It's always top notch. Uh, it's always a pleasure having you on. 
Um, obviously, I wish you a lot of success, but uh, you, you you seem to uh, have that in the clutch. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> so and I can't wait to see what you um, uh, what happens with uh, Lady Mechanica. That's you know that's going to be. Oh, a, I'm very excited about that. Very yeah, yeah, that is that is pretty awesome. And in fact, when it's ready to release, maybe you need to come back on and talk about it. Um, um sure. They are. Uh, Marsha said that they are going to bring it to Kickstarter. Oh, nice! Wow, yeah, they are going to bring it to Kickstarter. So yes, I will obviously be making the rounds. <laughs> outstanding, outstanding. So it's a pleasure having you on. Again, you. much success. Get some rest. I know you came back from WonderCon, and uh, we'll talk again. Great. Thank you very much. You got it. Bye bye. All right, so that was uh, the creator of Boston Metaphysical Society Mystery at Pike's Peak Issues number one and two. If you haven't backed it yet, go and check it out. It is fantastic. It's Madeline Holly Rosing. Um, again, go and check it out. Uh, the link is in the chat. The link is in the summary. Um, and if you haven't done it, do so now. And then in a few minutes, we're going to be bringing in another guest. We um, we have a guest, uh, Chad Perkins. He's going to be talking to us, too, about his project. Um, but in the meantime, I do want to give a special shout out to the boys at ASAP um, Imagination. And I just want to play a little skit from them. If you have if you haven't checked out gig, go and check it out. If you don't know what's it about, you know, hit up uh, ASAP Imagination. Whether it they're on they're on uh, Twitter, they're on Instagram, they're on Facebook. Go and check these boys out. They're doing big things, lots of things. Um, they're looking to take over the world anytime, my brother. Um, so you want to be a part of that. A lot of great stuff going on um, there, um, but. I want to remind everybody next week, next Tuesday, next Tuesday, man. Can you believe it? Next Tuesday. Are you going to be here next Tuesday for the launch of the first official full color graphic novel for there's an alien in my toilet? Are you going to be there? Boom. Have you signed up for the launch of there's an alien in my toilet volume number one? Oh, if you haven't done so, I really want you to. It's going to it's gonna be amazing. This is the book that, uh, and this campaign is going to be the one that's going to be going into stores, this graphic novel. And um, hey, what's up, Chad? Um, uh, so this is the one, this campaign is really uh, to get this printed, but also to get the uh, barcode and everything um, to get it into the stores. <laughs> much appreciated i feel the love i feel the love um it's exciting but i also want to share with uh with you guys the fact that duty is also available as a comic strip 
with a kid in a comic. If you go to a kid in a comic.com, it's a newspaper. So it's a newspaper that's just geared towards comic strips. And there's about 30 different comic strips, plus the newspaper is filled with activities, puzzles, and games. It's a family-friendly newspaper. Remember the old days when we used to get newspapers? Um, uh, I, I, for some of you who've never even seen a newspaper in your life, you youngins out there, uh, Sunday mornings, the Daily News would deliver the, the, the paper, and it would be the Sunday funnies, right? So... The kids, I ran and I picked up the the, the comic strips. Um, my you know my brothers would get the sports section. I did it. Check it out. Uh, I did check it out when you bought it up. And wow, yes, man. Thank you, sir. I am Sam. Sam, I am. And um, <laughs> so um, it is. Um, uh, you know, I grew up with Garfield and um, you know Charlie Brown and was it. Uh, Hagar the Horrible and, you know, so many different comic strips. Uh, even Spider-Man had a comic strip in the papers. So I was approached by the, the publishers of um, A Kid in a Comic because they found duty on a Kickstarter. They fell in love with duty and they wanted it in their newspaper. And the proceeds go to two charities, which, you know, I love supporting charities. You know, we did the same thing with ASAP, you know. So and here's an opportunity for number one, you can order it from home subscription base and get the newspaper delivered to your home seven times a year. Um, but it's also going to be available in stores. And once I have the list of stores, um, I will share it out with you guys. But if you haven't gone to a kid in a comic.com, go and check it out. Um, subscribe, you know, if you have a local comic shop bookstore, tell them about it, tell them where to go. So hopefully they can order it for their location. It's going to be, uh, amazing. A kid and a comic. I'm going to uh, putting that in there uh, for you guys. Also, it's like, yes, yes, for the year. Um, so it's pretty awesome. You get seven papers filled with some really top tier talent. In fact, I'm going to show you some of the names that's involved in this while we're waiting for George to join us. A kid, there it is. Let me get this over here. Boom, boom, boom. All right. So, a kid in a comic. I mean, there's, uh, I should play that trailer, right? Stop playing around, Sam. It seems being an adult consumes us. And being a kid is just less kid. Introducing hey. A Kid in a Comic, where we give you a gateway to a time when Saturday mornings before cartoons and Sunday's men in newspaper clubs. Kid Comic is a subscription-based newspaper. That's right, a real newspaper delivered to your door and your comic shop with nothing but comic strips some of your favorite comic book artists have gotten together to tell their own stories with original art in this all-new creator-owned format just so you know our heart's in the right place a portion of every subscription goes to the hero initiative and inkwell award scholarship do you collect comics is this your reaction when your new book gets a little crease in it well i think your 10 year old self has an opinion of that Hidden the Comic is meant to be read, with puzzles and games meant to be written on and art panels meant to be covered. Take it on a car ride, plane ride, or, um, well, you know. Duty! Side effects may include uncontrollable laughing, smiling, spooky scares, and unexpected need to watch cartoons. Again, a comic game is not responsible for repercussions resulting in childish behavior, sex reminiscing, or antics. Your old body can no longer handle. Yeah, so there's change is uh, oh. always <laughs> I gotta stop day. this. I'll stop I it all. We can agree not all change is good. Not all change is good. I heard that already. All right. So if you want to know about um 
or the artist involved. Um, just look at this list right here and get this going. Um, oh, there's the dreamer. I see him in the background. Hold on one second. I'll bring you in. Just trying to get this popping. This is taking forever. Oh, Safari won't work. What the heck happened? All right, technical difficulties. Here it is. There it is. So here's a list of artists. Let me, uh, as I bring George into the stream, here's a list of artists in there. I mean, you and, and creators. You got Scott Hanna, Tony Harris, Riley Brown, Bill Morrison, Mike Gustavich. You know, we got so many different people working on this um, project. Um, and uh, and uh, the little old Sam, the crazy man, Vera which is pretty dope. Hang with the big boys. That's pretty awesome. So yeah, so check out Kim the Comic. If you haven't done so already, I put the link in the chat. And if you haven't done so, I would love for you to also sign up for There's an Alien in My Toilet book, you know, the graphic novel, which we launch on Tuesday. It's going to be fun. Um, I'm excited about this book. It's 140 pages of, of fantastic storyline. Issue number five will be in this um, that's Chad Perkins stuff. Um, uh, let me go back to George. Boom. Yeah. So what's up, buddy? Uh, so there's the link for there's anything in my toilet if you haven't signed up already. So two cool things to check out if you haven't done so. What's up, brother? Welcome. What up, dog? Yo, I, I, I honestly I didn't know it was a double, really a double, a double feature. I thought we were gonna you were gonna end the stream and then uh, a new uh, we we're gonna start a no, new one. I didn't have time to do that. <laughs> well, you, you know, it's a good thing because then it would have made it. <laughs> yeah, it would have made it uh, episode five hundred, which we don't want to do yet because that's coming no. up. That's coming up. I guess at this point it would be next week. Is that that's when the launch? That's, that's the, the launch, right? Oh, perfecto, perfecto, yeah. But, uh, that's how the universe works, baby. That's how that's how we roll, baby. That's how we roll. Welcome. Thank you for, thank everyone for coming in. I honestly, I'm sorry I'm late. I was uh, actually also stuck at work. Uh, but uh, I caught the end of the uh, last, uh, last I guess the interview with uh, with Holly. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, Holly's. Uh, yeah, really she's, cool she's killing the game. Killing the game, dude. She wrote wow. a book. She wrote a book about it, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. She knows what yeah. she's doing. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, she she got she got she got some skills. She got some skills. She has some matter of fact, right here, yo. This is this is the book. Oh, of course, it's blurry. My background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yo, they changed this up, didn't they? They changed everything up. They, <laughs> they changed it all. Up, bro. They said instructions, and I said, I don't have time to play with it. I was like, yo. Oh. <laughs> all right, let's see what we got here. Yeah, no, this is this is her jam right here. Kickstarter, Kickstarter for yeah. This is yeah, her book. yeah, yeah. She's yeah, killing it. Nice. Nice little thick book. You guys should definitely pick it up. It's on. Yeah, I got it on Amazon, and I yeah, got it I got right before version. mine. Yeah, right before mine. Um, uh, my my Kickstarter launched. I got it, and uh, yeah, it helped out a lot, man. Helped out a lot. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah I highly recommend it if you're doing a, a Kickstarter as a crowdfund uh, crowdfunding uh, plan. If you're using Kickstarter as a crowdfunding platform, definitely yeah. use this. Yeah. Definitely use this. But uh, what's happening, man? What's happening? What's happening is that next week is two big things happening. Next week, I got I launched the Kickstarter and I fly to Puerto Rico for the Puerto Rico Comic Con. So that's should be a busy week. It's going to be a busy week. It is going to be very, very, very. Busy. And I'm a little nervous because um, they just ship my stuff. And I told them I need to be there when I get there. I don't want it sitting in the hotel and then it gets lost because I'm not I'm not a guest until next week. Yeah, I'm so I'm a little stressed right now, so I gotta track it. Cause when I looked at the tracking, it didn't have a pickup time yet from them. They just created the, the tracking yeah. number. So, um, cause I'm gonna lose my cool, lose my cool. 
I, I mean, this oh, I put boy. this order in weeks ago. Weeks ago. Like, wait, Dang. I gave myself so much lead time. Whatever you do, do not print it until we get closer and ship it to where it arrives on this day. Yeah, I gave yeah. him plenty of lead time. Wow. So wow. I'm a little stressed. A little bit, little bit. Yeah, that's what happens, man. These uh, yeah. out-of-town conventions. But check yeah, out this mega sticker. Dang, what the hell? This is this is a mega sticker for Comic Con. Oh It'll also God. be available on the Kickstarter. But uh, yeah, this is now I'm going super size. I'm going Big Mac style. Bro, they, I mean, dude, they say everything is big in Texas. I guess uh, they're right. actually yeah. correct. Jeez, that's that is a big sticker. That's a big sticker. <laughs> Yo, big, big shout out to 706 subscribers. Thank you very, very much, yes, everyone. Yes. Who has subscribed to the channel 706 of you Shut guys that. have and gals have subscribed so thank you thank you very much road to a thousand continues so hopefully before the end of the year this year we'll get to the to the 1g 1g yeah. mark so let's see what happens we're chugging, we're chugging away um i think i i think uh i think i got like on the art channels like 416 I think, yeah, um, yeah, but that yeah. you know, so it's uh, or oh, 417. Um, so that's that's moving nicely. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you know, so the word's getting out, um, you know, and and uh, you know, we're attracting a lot of different talent, which is good. I'm excited about that. Um, we got a lot of people reaching out. We're gonna have some logistics issues because with work, I will be traveling five weeks, and those five weeks, um, we have to uh, have we have to pre record ahead of time for some of these shows because um, they won't be live those weeks. Uh, so um, I have to plan accordingly. I've been sending out emails to reschedule a lot of the people who booked for those dates that I won't be available. Um, so that's the hard part is figuring that out. Um, you know, so uh, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll make it work, and uh, we'll make sure that we spotlight you out there, you creators out there. Uh, I know you want to. I know you want to get down with the craze, you know, and uh, we want you to be down. And so you know, we'll do what we can to support you and get your word out. Yeah, yeah, big shout out to the chat. Chat is popping. It's popping. Big shout out to uh, Alice, Dog Pound Round, Chad Perkins, uh, ASAP, of course, our buddy Paul Hayden. Hades is watching. So thank you guys for tuning in. We have, we do have a, a second guest today, right? That we're going to be talking to. Uh, Chad Perkins. Perkins. <laughs> Chad Perkins, yes. Mr. Perkins. We're going to be talking to him yes. in a few minutes. Uh, but the legend is Sparkle Dog. Let's do this. Uh, but what about what about uh, what about a little little a little uh, get your man segment? What do you think, Sammy? You want to talk about you, it? I don't have I don't have an image, but let's talk you, about you it. Absolutely, do because uh, you haven't checked your phone. However, oh, I've been too busy that. interviewing. Wait, while I was interviewing? Yeah, you did. While I was interviewing, <laughs> that's why. But there, anyway, take me Let's, let's do this. Hold on, hold on. Anyway, you know, tell them about your hair or something, man. Tell them about my hair. Well, listen, if you guys haven't done so yet, please check out at Get Your Meds on Instagram. Check out my website, getyourmedswithaz.com. And I'm going to have a lot of, a lot of uh, announcements that are coming up. I'm not ready to make them yet, but uh, there are some big announcements coming up for the, for the end of the year uh, for what I'm doing. But also, uh, gig, globalindiegroup.com. Check that out. If you have a comic book that you are working on or any project that you're working on and you need an artist or writer or editor, Go to globalindiegroup.com and you have access to all of that on there. So check it out. He, they were the sponsors. I saw, yeah, I saw the, the video. Yeah, that was awesome. So yeah, so make sure you check that out. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's that's about all I've got so far. I'm also working right. on a story with uh, with uh, my man, Mr. Paul Hades, Hayden, 
Paul Hole, which I'm going to be working on as the writer. So big shout out to that. And uh, yeah, no, let, let, let's talk a little bit about about our topic for today, Sam. Yeah, uh -oh. I know. <laughs> Crowdfunding, should you double dip? <laughs> wow, put, put some bass in that voice. Uh, should you be double dipping? Now listen, Sammy, you've double dipped. You've double dipped. And for those who don't know what the heck we're talking about, we're talking about double dipping. We're talking about double dipping. Whoa, easy. When we're talking about double dipping, we're talking about doing, running two camp, well, running one campaign on two crowdfunding platforms. In other words, Sam, I think you did it for, what was it? Uh, the Forbidden, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So you had Forbidden running on Kickstarter, but you also had it running on uh, Indiegogo. Indiegogo at the same time. Indiegogo was a no-no. Yeah. <laughs> well, is, is that something that you recommend? So you're saying, no, don't no, double I, dip. You know, I think if, if unless, unless you're um, Holly Rosing, um, where you have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of backers, um, and you have name recognition. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on it. Um, when you're, when you're at our stage, no, um, it's too risky. It's, it, it's too much stress. It's stress you don't need in your life. It's, you know what I'm saying? Because you, you, you're trying to run two campaigns. You're trying to commit to two different groups of people. Um, and all you're doing is stressing yourself out. Focus on one and put all your energy into driving traffic to that one. Um, this way, you know, you can sleep at night because Kickstarter is alone as stressful as it is. You know what I mean? Because it's our baby and, and, and we take it personal when we don't see people gravitating to to support our baby. And like, oh, why don't they want to read it? This is good stuff. And all that stuff, with all the head junk that goes in your head. Why would you want to do it twice? Um, I, I think... And, and you're speaking from experience, but I think I think that you should. And the reason why I said it is because I, I think it depends. I think like someone's going to do it. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I think I think it depends on the platforms you're using, right? From what I from what I recall, Kickstarter and Indiegogo don't really like to share, right? So they force you to do different things on each platform. So, for example, you can't offer the same cover that you're offering on Kickstarter on Indiegogo. Right off I the bat, they're making it hard. I know what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. No, but they make you do that. So the yeah. other type of things that they make you do is so obviously it's gonna it's gonna create a little bit of stress as the people as the person putting it together because you're like, damn, dude, I just I just want to put this on two platforms and let it rock. I think I think that now there are more um, platforms, right? Whether it's Zoom, Crowdfunder, for example, Crowdfunder allows you to put the same exact campaign you have on Kickstarter on Crowdfunding. And now you can set a flexible goal on Crowdfunder and you can still do your, your fixed goal on Kickstarter. Now, what happens is Kickstarter already has its people. It already has its thing, right? Some people like it. Some people don't. But uh -huh. when you're promoting your stuff, okay, and people don't really understand. Some people still don't understand what crowdfunding is or what Kickstarter does. But, if, but they do understand pre-order. The word pre-order, the term pre-order, I think people understand. And so if you say to them, hey, go pre-order my book right now on Crowdfunder, they are more likely to say, oh, pre-order. Okay, that's like shopping online. I can do right. that. And so they go there while you still do what you have to do, which is what we have to do every 30 days, promote the crap out of this thing and say, hey, 
Kickstarter people, it's on Kickstarter. Go get the next issue. So I think there is a way. Should you? Eh, I mean, if you want to. I mean, a Kickstarter crowdfunder is, 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 is you know, it's stressful anyway. But I think that there are ways to get around what happened, for example, with Indiegogo. Because Indiegogo is tough, bro. Indiegogo is a tough, tough, tough cookie to crack. I mean, some people have. They have a huge following on there. But I think now with the options, I think it's doable. You you can do both. Am I doing it? Am I going to do it? No, probably not this year. But yeah. I'm thinking of, I think Aníbal, our buddy Aníbal Arroyo, he's he's going to double dip this year. So we'll see We'll see how that goes. I, I just think, you know, I mean, it's, it's like having your 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 book in different stores. You know, I think if you have a team, I think if you have a team where you can distribute, you know, um, responsibilities like everyone says all right look we're all gonna hit this and we're gonna you know when you're i think you know it's hard um, i know from experience it's hard when you're solo trying to promote on, on multiple platforms it's just it's too difficult on top of you know you're you're, you're creating your own stuff you're you're doing a podcast you're, you know there's so many things going on you, you got a family it's it's just too much to even to ugh. and then and then for me it's confusing um you know when you post, how you post, then you're gonna have, then you're gonna have those cats out there. It's like, oh, this guy's always spamming, you know, this whatever. So it's like, ah, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stay in my lane. I'm gonna build, you know, uh, with duty. I'm just gonna continue to build that. Now, I might not like forbidden the graphic novel. I might be taking that to crowdfunder because of all those things you talked about with crowdfunder. It just makes it easier. I'm not sure yet. I'm on the fence right now. So, um, uh, but. Will I do two? two? No. Um, you know, if right now I, I just, based on my experience, I don't want to do it again. Yeah. Some I, of my I think, better experience than I did, but yeah, I didn't have experience. I, I think, I think it's a, yeah, team, a team would be, would be very helpful, obviously, but also I think the time, right? Because you, you need to have the time mm -hmm. to do so. And if you're creating, like, in other words, I'm a writer, right? Once I'm, I've done writing the project and my artist has finished and completed it and it's done. I can go ahead and promote it, right? Promote it. If I want to promote it on both platforms, I can. I, you know, as far as spamming, man, you can't worry about that too much. It, it's, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Dude, like, you got to do what you got to do. You, you're trying to make Yeah, I mean, I, I, I usually if do. Friends, if we're yeah. friends on Facebook, bro, like, you're going to see, and, and you're probably not even going to see my post. So I, I, you can't worry about it because of the way the way the algorithms work, I guess. Some people may not even see what you're posting. Some people may see what you're posting three days later when the campaign is over. It's happened many times. Like, oh, this looks cool. All oh, campaigns done. I see people's updates. Oh, 27 minutes till, till the campaign is over. And I look at the bottom or I look at the little fine line that says three days ago. And I'm like, oh, I missed it because it just didn't show up. So, yeah, so yeah. Spamming I don't so even see. I have, like, for instance, I got like so many different platforms that I'm on. And, and, and you know, and I have different um, names where I got a different. Uh, platform for forbidden for whatever so when i post sometimes i don't see any of those for yeah, for i don't, see, them. <laughs> I don't see my own i'm it's like so yo this true. is some this is some crazy crap would you set different goals tiers for each platform to set them yes. apart? yes i would i would do like a an achievable goal on the secondary platform and the the, the initial goal like for instance like if i say I, i'm going to use kickstarter as my primary then the goal would be a thousand dollars which is the standard that i i do if I use a secondary, I probably do it at like 500. I, I do a, a shorter goal because um, 
the number one visibility doesn't have the same kind of visibility and reach that Kickstarter does, yeah. and number two, there's no guarantee. So I'd rather play it safe on a separate ca- um, platform, um, and then, then try to assume that because it might be trending well on Kickstarter, that's going to the same effect going to be on another platform because they, they they don't translate. You know, I, I agree with you on the goal. I think that on on a platform like like crowdfunder where you don't have a following just yet. Definitely, I agree with the goal. I think, but to me, simplicity is key. If I have six goal, six tiers on Kickstarter, I'm gonna have the same exact six tiers on Crowdfunder, simply mm-hmm. because I don't want people to feel like, man, I wanted that, but I can't get that. I can only get it on Kickstarter. I can't get it on Crowdfunder, but I like Crowdfunder better. You know what? Forget it. It's too much. Yeah. So I would keep the tiers the same, but I would maybe change the goal. So like uh, maybe yeah. a higher goal on Kickstarter maybe a lower goal on crowdfunder or vice versa, whatever, however you feel more comfortable. But I think that I think the tiers, I would keep the same though. I, I simplicity to me is key and you don't want to confuse people. You yeah. want to know, you want to let them know what they're getting and it, it'll be. Nice yeah. And you know, the, the problem is that when you do Indiegogo and Kickstarter, um, there's that they both have rules. Um, that's where crowdfunder yeah, that's yeah, you don't have, so you have to have differences there where on crowdfunder, you don't have to, you can do, you can mimic the same exact thing. Uh, you know, yeah. the, you know, and then hopefully, you know, they don't have like Kickstarter agents to going over looking to see. <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't do that. But uh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's basically that's it. it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. And so you know, we're gonna bring bring in our guest in a second. But before we do, just want to play the promo for Disney in my toilet and remind everybody that in just a few days we're gonna be launching the graphic novel. And here it is. Oh, hi. Jamming out to the little to the alien my toilet trailer. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Good, man. What's going on? How you doing, bud? Doing all right. Can't complain. I just uh been sitting here being a furry. <laughs> I, I noticed. I noticed. I was like, uh, what's with the ears? <laughs> Bro, I got to get into character with it, you know? <laughs> it's my book. I got to promote a woo, bitches. <laughs> Dude, I, I can't wait to hear what the book is about. I can't wait to hear what the book is about. But listen, nice meeting you. I, I, we never actually met, Chet. So nice to meet you, man. Thank you for coming on the show. 
Um, I, I, I did catch the uh, the JD Calderon show that you guys did on Sunday. That was a blast. So I saw you oh. guys were doing your thing over there. So I did see some of that. But uh, yeah, man, listen, I, I, I don't know uh, much about chats. And I don't know how many of the people watching do. So tell us a little bit about yourself, chats. Introduce yourself to the audience there. I don't even know anything about myself. <laughs> so you, you tell me. There, uh, make hi. it up. There we go. <laughs> All right. So, hi. My name is Chad Perkins. Uh, I am the writer of Blue Lullaby from Zia Enterprises. Uh, this is the one that I'm currently known for. And I am currently promoting my second IP through Hasm Productions, The Legend of Sparkle Dog Don't Say a Woo, which is currently live on Kickstarter. And I am also a part of the Indie Comics Network with Nita and C. Michael Lanning as well. Uh, so I do a couple of shows with them. We're having a Build a Comics workshop coming up next week. And Shots with Comics is currently on an indefinite hiatus. So, uh, But I will be popping up throughout the ICN still. So that's that's me in a nutshell. Also, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> yes, yeah, so if the ears didn't see it. <laughs> so, uh, Chet, you know, where we're talking to you from, where, where'd you grow up? What were you into as a kid? Oh, so I am. So I actually, I've been in, unfortunately, I live in Michigan and I have always been in Michigan. Uh, it's potholes and construction and snow all the freaking time. Uh, so I grew up in Wayne and then I moved to Westland and I'm currently from Ypsilanti, uh, Ann Arbor area. Um, so we actually just moved into a nice condo, my wife and I, in December. So we've only been here for a couple months. Uh, growing up, I honestly, I was, I'll be totally honest with you. I was more into like a lot of the Disney stuff growing up. A lot of the gar Gargoyles, Kim Possible. Mm. Um, as I got older, I got into Inuyasha, uh, Bleach, all the animes. Uh, interesting thing, when I was with superheroes... I only knew Batman and Superman. My mom bought me some JSA toys when I was younger. So I had like Plastic Man and Impulse and like all those. Mm -hmm. I thought they were knockoff toys because I didn't know who the characters <laughs> were. <laughs> dude, I can totally see that. I can totally see why you would think that. Dude. Like, completely, completely. Yeah. That's cool, man. So you were into the whole Disney thing growing mm -hmm. up. Is that like, were you drawing as a kid or were you, or were you always writing or were you doing both? I was always writing. Like I, yeah. I always enjoyed writing. I tried to draw and I do do a little bit like doodling and everything. But um, other than that, I've always been writing short stories. I've always had ideas to write things down. I love writing. Unfortunately, I love writing research papers and like other yeah. topics too. Yeah. So just me in a computer or a notebook, I'm always writing something. Uh, so that was always my, my kind of relaxer. And I decided to turn it into a half of a full-time job. So do you do you use a lot of that research skill and ability for your stories? Like, do you do a lot of research when you're writing your stories? I do. Um, not so, and that it'll come into Sparkle Dog later. It's like, no, not at all. <laughs> but with Blue Lullaby and also the current one that I'm working on with C. Michael Lanning as the artist, a lot of research has been involved with it. So the one I'm working on right now is a fishing story, and I love fishing. So I was doing all types of research on fishing and water and. Uh, just like other stuff. And then Blue Lullaby, I it's about uh, child kidnapping. So it dealt with, I did a lot of research on psychological traumas. Oh, cool. uh, so yeah, it, it depends on what story I'm writing. But yeah, I, I usually do try to do my research. Yeah. No, I, one, of my, uh, one of my favorite writers is Mitch Album. And he, he's actually, I think he's actually from Detroit. I think he's like, uh, he writes, he's like a sports writer. Um, but he also writes 
books. And he's got a book, obviously. He, I mean, he's more famous for Tuesdays with Maury, if you ever heard of that book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Five People You Meet in Heaven. He's that guy. And he does a lot of research. He, he's got a new book out about, about, you know, Strangers on a Raft. And he did so much research, much like you, about water and what happens to the body in water when it's drowning and all that. So it's kind of your, 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 your Google search must be very, very interesting on your computer with all of the searching that you're doing for a lot of your stories. Very much so. Um, it's the fact that I'm pretty sure the police should have been called on me, and my wife should be concerned, but she's not. Um, and also, there's a lot of corn on it, too, but you know I'm a guy, so I digress. Um, but no, like with the fishing story, I had a lot of fun researching just different fish. Uh, C is like reading all these facts in it, and he's like, is all this real? I'm like, yeah, yeah, all the fish topics that I'm telling you are real. Uh, so it's, it's actually, I always feel like with comics, you should at least do a little bit of research, uh, uh, especially with, if you're trying to choose a genre or like a particular topic. Um, and I think that kind of makes it one, you understand exactly what you're talking about. And two, when you come on to shows, you also know what you're talking about. I agree. I agree. Uh, plus it's also fun because you get to learn and discover new things and you get new ideas from doing your research. I was just gonna say that, dude. Like, if you once you start doing the research, for example, you're doing research on fish, the name of a character come could come from mm-hmm. a fish that you discovered that you had no idea what that fish yep. did. All of a sudden, they have a name for it. Oh, wow, that's a cool name. It works, yep. you know. Like little things like that totally make a difference when you're doing all this research. Yes, especially because I'm a sucker for pun names <laughs> as mm. well. Um, so actually, both characters in my newest story are play on words because and they all have to do with fish <laughs> so but yeah so but you're right because then you can also turn like a scientific name into mm-hmm. a name mm-hmm. yeah so you could be like oh photosynthesis you can name him synthesis or photo or whatever you know? whatever yeah you can That's just come terrible. up with something absolutely man absolutely yep. so, so so tell us a little bit about the story that you currently are kickstarting or the, or the one that's crowdfunding right now what tell us a little bit about the idea and how you came up with the idea and then we'll go into what the story is about but tell me about the idea how did you come up with this idea for this uh, particular book oh god uh, so it involved alcohol a furry convention, a furry convention. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so interest so i actually am a supporter of the furry community i'm not necessarily a part of it but i i do support it uh one of my buddies he sells artwork there and usually i will go and support him I'm right down the road from the big furry convention in Michigan. So Motor City Fur, or uh, yeah, Motor City Fur Fest or Fur Con or whatever it is, whatever it is now. Um, so my my artist Blake Matthias and I decided to go join our buddy to sell his artwork there at that convention. Mm-hmm. I mean, we it's a weekend. Would you get a kill? We're gonna hang out. So right. Blake and I were sitting at the bar, and we were just having a good time. We were drinking. He was doing some sketching, and I go, hey. So do you ever think like when these people take off the mass, they like revert into like a reclusive state. But when they put on the mask, you notice that they're all energetic mm-hmm. and happy and awesome and like different. And he's like, so are you saying that their personality is the suit? I'm like, that's exactly what I'm saying. He's like, well, that's stupid. I'm like, well, hang on a minute. Hang on. Hear me out. And then we started talking about how, what if you bought a fursuit and you put it on and it started controlling you and you yeah. saw the world differently. And just, we were coming up with all these ideas and he's like, okay, well, one, never talk to me about this again. 
And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> so, and then that's when it started to spiral into about two days later, you know, when you get the, and you guys know what I'm talking about when you get that itch where you're mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, man, I really do got to write this story. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, fuck, <laughs> I got to write this. story. So, <laughs> and so I, what I did is I told Blake, I'm like, Hey, so I have the outline and then it became a game of chicken. Like, mm-hmm. hey, so I wrote a page and he goes, well, I drew a character concept. Like, well, I wrote two pages and a synopsis. He's like, well, I wow. wrote, a, I drew the paneling. And then that, and like, and then eventually, by the time you know it, we're doing a Kickstarter, has a production, has it. And <laughs> we've, we've got a full six issue miniseries under our belt. Now, so. now, let, let me ask you a question, Chad, because I, 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 I need a little clarity on the, on mm-hmm. the furry uh mm-hmm. I guess I guess what a what's the difference between a furry book and an anthropomorphic book? Nothing. Uh, nothing. It's the same. Is, is it the same thing? Generally speaking, I mean, yeah? furry book it kind of, at least in my opinion, has more of a fun atmosphere to it, where an anthropomorphic book is more of a, a serious tone. But that's going into stuff like Black Sad or Unnatural or those, and then you have like, I'm trying to think of. Actually, at this moment, I can't think of any other <laughs> exciting ones. Like uh, Omaha the Cat Dancer. That would be an anthropomorphic one. Or if you're looking at something like uh, Two Kinds, that would be a furry book. So, mm. But to me, I don't think there is really a particular difference. That's more of a Daphne question than anything yeah. else. See, I, I, always, there was, I always thought there was like a sensual in, innuendos and like things like that in furry books and i, I and maybe i'm i'm wrong in saying that is there is there that kind of like kind of, like if you, when you think of furry you think of like people dressing up and doing things freak nicks you know you know what i mean well so, so got a groove back so <laughs> <laughs> yes unfortunately they they do get that reputation of right. being you know playful if you will in okay. the bedroom yeah. But at the same time, though, when especially when I've been to the conventions, it's really isn't any different. And there's there it's not really any different than me walking to an anime convention right. and there being Cosplays. hentai at the table. Right. Yeah. I got yeah. You. Like it's okay. it's never really any different. It's just unfortunately that they get that stigmata where they are conceptually, you know, sexual and right. granted, I understand. <laughs> but <laughs> um, and two. I've never actually met a furry who has actually had relations or sex in a fur suit furry because those suit. things are hot. They're like wearing a ghillie suit. <laughs> right, like, right, right. You're hot and sticky. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it's the the whole sexual thing. It's just, I mean, it's 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 the same as any other culture, yeah. I guess. Yeah, you can take it there if if you want to, but you don't necessarily have to. In other words, sure. I mean, Rule yeah. Thirty Four. It was invented. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you guys, so you guys are going back and forth. You're, you know, you're, you're trying to one up each other. Yep. Six books is what you guys ended up with. And yep. how how much time did it take for you guys to do these six books? Well, right now I'm currently I have the I, I mean you know how this goes. I'm currently working on the fifth and fourth or the fourth and fifth script. Like I have the outlines done for them. Gotcha. But the way I wanted to do it when we were working with this idea is he Blake brought up the idea of well what if what if Quinn our gender fluid character sees the world differently in each issue, mm-hmm. and then that's where I started thinking about it and I said 
oh, I have a better idea. Because originally he said, well, what if he just sees everybody as a fursona? Like, as he goes, oh, he just, nice. yeah, like, the whole world just yeah. continues to start becoming a furry universe. And I go, yeah, but I'll also one-up you on that. What if every issue is written as a different genre as oh. well? And it's all furry. So the second issue is a point-and-click adventure game meets Little Nightmares. The third issue is a noir-based story. So it's all set in a speakeasy. Um, so as we were kind of going, we were trying to come up with different genres that weren't really our strengths. And then we tried to play to them. And we ended up coming up with six different books. Wow. Um, so each one is going to be a 22 to 24 page uh, story. Um, currently, I'm looking at combining the fifth and the sixth issue only because I'm really lazy. And I <laughs> kind of want to just put that in one big mega issue. Right, <laughs> so right. See, and, and I was just going to ask you, like, are, are they can you can you pick up issue two and maybe not have read issue one? Or do you need to pick them up in that order in order for you to get the entire story? It helps, but you don't yeah. necessarily you don't necessarily have to because there is an overarching narrative where Quinn is trying. So when Quinn buys the suit, it tells him because they're an idiot that hey, um, furries used to be protectors of the world and they used to fight in wars and helps during the depression period and just all this stuff. Well, because of one particular thing happened, furry culture was locked away. And now they are seen as the degenerates that they are. Mm. In order to bring all the peace back into the world, Gwen has to uh, buy, bleh, retrieve four crystal paw pads from furry guardians. And each one is set in a different genre. Now you can read each one as a standalone story, and that's fine because the ending is always the same. Um, and the beginning is usually introduction to another, like another genre. Right. But the overarching narrative is pretty simple. I mean, yeah. it's even then the last two issues are going to uh, pretty much fill you in with everything, but I would definitely recommend it because it is just really funny. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. silly. Um, so I would, I really hope that people would read the full series. Sure. So sure. It, it sounds cool though, because it sounds like, you know, you, it, it opens up with here, here's the, the mission. And will that character completed by the end of that book? And there you have one full story. Here's the next one, but you have to get four. So, you know, it's kind of cool the way you guys have kind of um, made us go on this almost like scavenger hunt with the, with, with the, uh, with the characters themselves. And, and, and this is, this is the, the uh, Kickstarter here. Yep. So this is the Kickstarter currently for the first issue. Don't say a woo is this is like the full arc itself. Mm -hmm. um, the first book is currently we doubled our funding, which I was, very, very excited about. Um, we also funded in under three hours, so that was really oh, nice. Yeah, um, yeah. We asked for seven fifty, but you know what? Funded is still funded. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. You get that money, <laughs> you got that money, man. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't matter how small you're asking. Um, but this one is, yeah. Yeah. Also, I do like the indie indie no no. That that is definitely something that I am taking <laughs> with me. <laughs> <laughs> indie no no baby indie no no have you tried have you tried anything outside of uh, uh kickstarter for crowdfunding or no no this is my first kickstarter oh um, nice. yeah so this is mine and blake's first time uh mm -hmm. this was interesting fact this was not the first book we were originally gonna do as a kickstarter but we decided to do it anyway um because i'm always the type of person of i'm gonna do it anyway right, uh, right. but yeah, we I like Kickstarter a lot more 
only because I feel like, and this is going to sound really weird, I don't like Indiegogo's flexible goal thing because I don't think that encourages people to actually promote it or like donate to it because it's like, oh, well, you're, it doesn't matter. Um, so that's why I decided to stick with Kickstarter plus uh, Tina and them told me to. So <laughs> I was kind of at the mercy of them as well. There's a sense of, of if it doesn't get funded, it doesn't get made and you don't lose your money. You know what I mean? If, if you have yeah. that flexible goal, it almost feels like, well, even if it doesn't get funded, they took my money and I don't ever want to get this book. So I, I totally see what you're what right. You mean by that. Yeah. Um, the good news is with this, the first issue is completely done. Um, gotcha. So it, Mike Jimmy lettered it. Blake Mathias did the artwork for it. It's already been edited. Uh, so it's it's ready to go to print. The only thing we're doing currently is just giving people goodies. Uh, so right. currently, uh, the... Oh. No, go ahead, go ahead, Chad. Oh, I was just going to say the artwork currently that we're looking at right now, this is the introduction to our gender-fluid character, Quinn, whose pronouns are they, them, if you actually care about that. <laughs> um, and the reason why we wanted to do a gender-fluid character was simply because I wanted to put everybody, like people into the story so it didn't really matter who was reading it. Right. Um, along with that, too, I get to put Quinn in all different kind of feminine and fun costumes, and I like putting people in costumes. So <laughs> it's like, why not? I'll put I'll put them in a dress and then a tuxedo later. I don't care. Gotcha. Uh, but this is the introduction to it, uh, where they buy a fur suit from a shady website because they're looking at fur uh, fur corn because we mm. can't say the p word on YouTube. Right. Um, right. And so they find that you can buy this fursuit and then a uh, sparkle dog is your sentient fursuit that talks in emojis and rainbow disgusting colors. Interesting. All right. So now let me ask you this. When you guys were coming up, obviously, with the story at the bar, you know, you, you're, you're writing the script, he's drawing stuff. Did you at some point come back and kind of discuss what the characters were going to look like? Or was that all left up to the artist? When we first pitched it, um, Actually, when we were first coming up with the idea, Blake thought of, um, I can't, and I'm drawing a blank on his name, even though it's right there and there, the artist of Invader Zim uh, for this type of story, because we can use very exaggerated facial expressions, very exaggerated movements, bright colors, but still yeah. darker and uh, muted, um, if you will with them um so that was the idea but then quinn blake kind of just sketched out a gender fluid character oh. um, and then said hey this is them in fact the original design is pretty much the same as the one that you're seeing currently because i liked the more simplistic design to them um with sparkle dog I was actually the one who was coming up with the designs for them because I love the Five Nights at Freddy's series. Oh, um, dude, I think that's, that's really it, good. I love it. The freaking, the, uh, I hate the lore of it. I think it's mm -hmm. an absolute disaster, but the designs yeah. and the games and the ideas are all there and it's awesome. Yeah. So when I was going through it, I really wanted to make Sparkle Dog almost like a Five Nights at Freddy's style looking character yeah, I can uh, see where that. he just looks very disjointed. Yeah, he looks very friendly, yeah. But even then, when you're staring at him, you're like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to give you a hug, but I also don't want you to stab me. Right, right. Unless you're yeah, into no. that kind of thing, <laughs> kind of listening. <laughs> so, but yeah, when it came with the designs, I we we did have pretty good idea of what we wanted to do going in um, yeah. when it came to the developing of the characters. 
Have you picked up any of the other Freddy books, any of the other graphic novels? I have the first one, The Silver Eyes. Yeah. Um, I have that one, and then I actually I do have the regular novel of that one, too. Yeah. And honestly, I like them a lot more than I like the game lore. I, I agree. Uh, I agree 100%. I yeah. started reading those things, and I was like, wow, these are pretty freaking good, dude. Like, you know what I mean? It's... I did like the fact that the creator came out and said, yeah, if, if I was able to make the lore, mm -hmm. this would be the original lore. And I'm like, right. well, yeah, I mean, these are really well done. They're really creepy. They're really mm -hmm. exaggerated as the way they could be. They're not constrained to that one little room they explore. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then Security Breach came out, and that was, I mean, that, that game is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, no, these look great, man. And you have a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, different... Uh... I guess tiers and, and and options for people to, to grab uh, when they're pledging to the campaign. You have some some locked uh, stretch goals that we need to unlock, my friends. Yes. So if you're watching, make sure that you uh, hit that pledge button. These are cool, man. Thank you. And actually, a lot of these stretch goals that we have currently are exclusive to the Kickstarter. So if you go up back up to the um, stretch goal section, you'll actually see that we just recently unlocked mm. the. Um, candy gore wallpaper oh, which cool. is for the cell phone which is android and iphone so you are able to get that and then the jason lennox pdf uh, coloring page so you can have your friends your enemies your enemies kids whoever to go and color it and then we also have the mini print too but the candy gore wallpaper and then the next one i believe is the prototype sticker mm -hmm. are both exclusive to this kickstarter um the candy gore we actually didn't know what candy gore was until i'm i'm a sucker for gore comics and like gore movies yeah and blake discovered gore comics by accident so then we gave the inspiration to do that and i'm actually working on a character that's candy gore but that's irrelevant and then the hey friend prototype sticker is actually the first uh design of sparkle dog when we were fooling around uh, so that is going to be only exclusively here. Gotcha. Um, and then the same thing with the backer goals that we have currently. We just unlocked the shipping label, which is kind of more of a novelty thing that we thought was kind of fun, is where it's the shipping label that came on the box that Quinn didn't read that explains pretty much everything. <laughs> oh, nice. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's cool, um, man. It also does have a little bit of lore to it, too, where it actually talks about the previous fursuit owner as well. Hmm. Um, so they're actually involved in it, too. And then the next backer goal that I'm excited about hopefully we get to it is the instructions manual on how to take care of your sparkle dog fursuit, uh, yeah. which I call it the necro nom icon <laughs> and everybody can hit me for that. I probably <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, that, that sounds great, man. I, I like, I like the thought that went into all of these, uh, Thank you. you know, goals, stretch goals, stretch, you know, just all that stuff, because you do have to put, there's a lot of work that goes into these campaigns, man. Like it's, it's a lot of thought that goes behind these things, and you guys have actually put it in. Yes, that's good. It's one of those things that I've kind of learned lately, especially with me as somebody who backs quite frequently with Kickstarters. Yeah. Yeah. You know when a when a Kickstarter is having fun, mm. like you know by the stretch goals. Like, yeah, how many how many Kickstarters has trading cards in it? A right. million different ones. Yeah. How many of them have aliens in their toilets? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right, I'm very right. excited for that duty trade paperback, dude. <laughs> so excited for that. Um, but 
when you know, when we were trying to come up with the the ideas, we, yeah, of course we include stickers. We have, mm-hmm. sure. uh, you know, your standard variant covers and everything. But then when we were thinking about backer goals and just stuff that we could do, I go, well, how about for a, a, a stretch goal, I will give you the first script and like the inks of sparkle dog so that way you can take a look and see how all our process is because i'm a sucker for that stuff mm-hmm. i mean i will eat up inks and script script uh format stuff yeah. for me yeah. yeah like you get it you're a writer you get Dude, it I, I love i love that i was just gonna yeah. say i mean yes we're used to seeing you know the art and all that stuff but very rarely do we get to see the script and i and i, I love and i love the fact that you have a script for us to look because there are so many ways that people are using to write scripts now, right? Like, you know, you yep. can either you can either do the Marvel way, which you know, you just tell them, hey, this is what's gonna go on the page, go have fun. Or you can do the DC way where you panel one, panel two, panel three, yep. panel four, or you can just do the indie way and combine the two or whatever. So it's always okay. yeah. So it's always fun to see what you're going to get from yep. an indie book, right? So that's an exciting, that's an exciting stretch goal. I'm interested in seeing. Yeah, thank you i appreciate it so that. good job man. that was well thank done. you yeah. um and then also too with the uh instruction manual it's kind of like it's just stuff that we've never seen before mm. um but <laughs> you are right i i do want to mention with the scripts you are right i i always want to poke and see exactly yeah. how they write them i don't want to see an alan moore script because i no. will not read it yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like this God. thick for yes. the first panel one is this thing <laughs> panel one 18 pages it's my life story is also included there too <laughs> <laughs> but it is still swamp thing i promise <laughs> <laughs> oh man God. oh that you're man, so right he, dude when you're he so released right. that i was so scared <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I always yeah, say man. when it comes to people creating scripts when they ask me how do i write a script i go bro there is an in indie comics experimentation mm-hmm. is our oyster and we talked about that with jd cauldron's yeah. uh show recently is indie comics you can experiment on the way you do things yep. And yeah. nobody's gonna judge you for it. Right. Oh, if they, you they're gonna judge you on the quality of your work. That's it. Exactly. That's like, it's just, right. It's not about it's how it's the fact that you made the you made the book. Yeah. Like it. it's more fun to tell you how you made like how the process is that people want to know. Right. Because if you do it interestingly, people will listen. Absolutely. I mean, my story is a disaster when it comes to Sparkle Time. <laughs> it was an accident. <laughs> nah, man. Did you get root beer? Hmm? Is that a root beer? No, this is a New Holland the Poet poet beer. Oh. It's an oatmeal stout lager. Or nice. oatmeal stout. The nice. darker the beer, the bitter the beer, the better and happier I am. <laughs> <laughs> And those ears just perk up. So they uh, do. (laughs) Also, people ask me who these are. Like, is it mine or my wife's? And we both agreed we're not sure. (laughs) 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 Like, uh, because we both wear them. Are you doing any conventions this year? Any 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 plans to tour? What are you doing this year? 
drinking and crying. <laughs> <laughs> so currently what I'm up to at the moment is I do have, um, mo I'm currently, I'm doing local conventions currently mm -hmm. um, because I do want to get my feet wet to them because I don't do a lot of them. And right. also it's expensive. Uh -huh. So currently I'm doing Motor City Nightmares in Novi. Um, so that's our big horror convention. And I'm going to be selling blue there. I will have some copies of Legend of Sparkle Dog. I think that the print will be done by then. Um, and then a couple of other goodies that'll be there. And then I'm doing a really, it's called really cool Comic-Con. I did it last year and it's out in Flint and it's me. Randy Zimmerman is there and also uh, Craig, Bla Craig Blake as well. Uh, so all three of us are there and it's, it's going to be fun. And that's in September. And then Motor City Nightmares is in Jul at the end of July. Um, right. So I'm going to be hanging out at those two cons and then, yeah. Um, yeah. So those are the two cons that I'm currently doing because shit's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, dude. Yes, it is, man. Things are very expensive, but yeah, no Chad, dude, this, this is, this is amazing, man. Do you, do you want to give the, the, the single Sam or what do you want to do? Yeah. yeah I'm, this is Chad. If you watch Cast the craze, you know that I'm about to give you the shot. You got you got your elevator pitch. This is where you you, you sell it. So I'm gonna give you the screen. Tell everybody why they should back Sparkle Dog, and then how can they find you on social media? Go for it. Oh God. Um. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, my name is so my name is Chad Perkins. Uh. So the Legend of Sparkle Dog is. I really hope people back this and also support it as well because it is one of those books that me and Blake really get to stretch our minds with genres uh so like I, we said before each book is written in a different genre and style uh so we really really try to challenge ourselves it's fun it's quirky uh, it also pokes fun at the furry fandom and other fandoms as well uh it does follow the story of our gender fluid character so if that's something that you're interested in with gender fluid and pronouns and all that sure that's for you uh it follows the story of our gender fluid character where they uh they buy a, a fursuit on a shady website, and it turns out that the fursuit might be can be controlling them. You can also follow me on all my updates at Casual Nerd Chat on Twitter. You can also add me at The Iron Squid on Facebook as well. I'll accept your friends' requests, and you can see all of my BS that I post. Um, and you can also find me on the Indie Comics Network uh, Thursday. I'm going to be on Thursday Night Throwdowns, where I'm going to be the host um, of that. And that's at 8 p.m., I believe, with Rodney Fike and Richard Jones. And then next week, Tuesday, is going to be uh, Build a Comics Workshop with myself and C. Michael Lanning. We're going to build be building a comic from start, from idea, all the way up to funding. So, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Outstanding, brother. Outstanding. So, uh, again, yeah, thanks for coming on Cast the Craze podcast, you know. Um, Thank you. You know, you're, 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 I mean, I'm sure you're like a ball at a bar, bro. Um, you must be, it's a party hanging out with you. Um, so, uh, what's with the eyes? <laughs> Just, oh, I'm a party. Yeah, that's true. I'm very entertaining. <laughs> Dude, I got also, oh, I also have two other, like, I I've also have other books that will hopefully be coming out this year and a little bit of next year, too. So, yeah, I'm a very busy bee and very energetic. Okay. <laughs> I agree. I am a party in a box, maybe. <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, Chad, this is awesome, brother. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, you know, I'll see you on the social media. I'm looking forward to the book. So absolutely, good luck Thank with you. it. And let's get that stretch goal. We can get that script because I want to see that. I want to. I want to read that. That's gonna be awesome. I, I would love if we can get yeah. that script because I definitely yeah. want to show it. You can yeah. see my laziness as well, Shandra. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding, brother. You have a good night. You too, all. Thank you. Peace. All right, that's Chad Perkins, and it's The Legend of Sparkle Dog. Go check it out. If you haven't done so already, the link is in the chat. Um, and uh, support indie creators. And then, uh, this, I mean, he's having the ball, and uh, you can tell. So it's pretty dope. Um, yeah, two good two good shows tonight. Two, two, two good to guests. Back. back to back. Job well done, Sam. Good job on, on, on the first leg of the trip. That was good. That was good. I know you're dying. I know, you, I know, I know it's been a long day. It's been a long day for me too, but uh, but thanks everyone. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to everyone who showed up today. Don't forget next week, big show, big show coming up. It yes. is the launch now, Sam. I heard something on, like I said, I was listening to the show that you had on Sunday. You mentioned that the launch was at six p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Is that correct? No, no, six p.m. Seven p.m. Seven p.m. Eastern. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time, six p.m. Central. Uh, yeah. So make sure that you are logged in at yes. Yeah, so the guest at eight. We have another double feature next week. Oh, yeah, back oh, to back. So there's no get your meds next week because we're going back to back. Okay. Um, but we will be will be seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Cast to Create. We're launching um, the graphic novel. I'm excited about this one. This is this is one I've been wait, working towards, waiting for. This is the one that um my goal is to get it into the bookstores by uh, on time for Christmas. That's my goal. So, uh, and with your help, you'll make it happen. So I'm looking, hopefully, hopefully everybody comes out, um, that's picked up the first four issues and comes back for the fifth issue, which would be in this graphic novel. Um, and it's going to be fun. There you go, brother. There you go. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah. And I want to shout out to the sponsors of our show, ASAP Imagination, um, Gig, and, um, Barney, Barney Smith of, uh, storycomics.com. Big shout out so, to Barney. Yeah, so Barney, you know, shout out to our, our sponsors tonight, um, which is pretty dope. And um, you know, and uh, next week we introduce a new sponsor too. So um, you know, so we have a lot of sponsors coming up um, for the next um, few months. So it's gonna be dope. So again, if you want to sponsor the show, you have to do is go in and hit the link, go up to duetiesworld.com or or um, crazycomics.com, and um, and uh, just go to the podcast section and hit the sponsorship level that fits your budget. And um, and you also could get uh, your stuff promoted on Cast the Craze. And then all you do is just send us a 30-second um, commercial, whether there's a video or audio, or you send us a script and we'll read it for you um, and we'll make it happen. But uh, And also, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the channel. And thank you, everybody, who's gotten us past the 700 mark. We're on our way to 1,000. We appreciate you tremendously. Uh, we're growing. It took us a little bit, but it, it seems like we're getting some traction, which is pretty sweet. And uh, I'm excited about that as well. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. So again, um, there it is. The graphic novel. Head over to Kickstarter. Hit the link in the chat. Sign up today. And uh, you know, there's going to be a 24-hour um, uh, uh, special. Um, so you don't want to miss that one as well. Good job, buddy. Good job. Yeah, make sure you check that out. Check us out next week. Uh, if you get a chance, go to getyourmeds.com with a Z. Check out my website. Um, I have good stuff in there for you guys to check out the comics. I have t-shirts, all kinds of stuff. But yeah, dude, we'll do this again next week. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. Really. Yes, thank you for joining us. And, and again, don't forget to go to uh, kidinthecomic.com. 
and uh, subscribe and get yourself the newspaper full of amazing comic strips. With that said, I'm Sam the Crazy Man Vera. George the Dream of Medina. And we are out. No, I was talking about my friend Aquis. I met him the other Say my name, say my name. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is what you were thinking? Oh, you are listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You are listening to Catch the Craze. You are listening to Catch the Craze.